listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. As we've been talking about, those of you that are watching and have been watching, we've been talking about and covering positioning ourselves uh, for the new year of 2020. You know, when I was a, a, a pastor, an associate pastor with my uncle, Pastor Terry Shuttlesworth, you know, just to stop and answer this question, Ava, <laughs> well, I have wait, been cut off. I am here to. I have been cut off from pre-orders. Well, no, just to a certain extent. We can do pre-orders in a little bit. We'll I've let been you cut know. off. Let me just tell you about the We scenes, will Ava. let you know when I'm you can hen-pecked. pre-order it. We, meaning Tiffany and Jenna and Carolyn, will let you know. When yeah, you can order. I've been cut off from offering pre-orders. Okay, thanks to Further Faster. So, the answer mm, to that question it is was no. Cut off before that, but you still went you ahead cannot, with Further Faster. <laughs> you cannot pre-order the book. Um, you will be able to shortly, but uh, at this moment, no, because they're they're actually what are they? Cur- you're curbing, you're curbing your expectations for the stress that it would cause. <laughs> So it will be available soon, but oh it's my not gosh. yet. Did that scare you? You didn't see her coming? <laughs> you didn't see her? She tripped. Oh. Like she was going to fall towards me with burning hot coffee. Yeah, but she's like stumbled it off. Well. I thought I was going to get burnt. <laughs> Just put the coffee in the thing for three hours and then drops it on mom. And then uh, trips. <laughs> I can tell you at this very moment right now at 11.02 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tiffany is trying to figure out how she's going to be able to put this on the podcast. <laughs> she's thinking like, Made me what, think what when, is going to actually When my parents were building our house in Coral Springs, we had to stay in an apartment for a few months because it wasn't quite done. It was new construction. <laughs> and you know, in an apartment, you have to like be careful with the carpet and everything. And it made me think of... <laughs> I I acted like I poured my dad a cup of hot coffee, but it was empty. And then I forced myself to trip and fall. And they literally gasped and like jumped off the couch. Thank you for not tripping, And I literally just thought Maddie was diving into me with hot coffee. Thanks for not burning mom's face And I don't usually gasp. On the broadcast. (laughs) Live on the broadcast. A flash of burnt skin (laughs) went across my mind. Um. I okay. should probably give you some kind of content today before the broadcast is over. And this is what we want to talk because we're positioning ourselves for 2021. And I told, I was talking to Carolyn this morning and when I was, oh. this is so funny to me because like when I was a, an associate pastor at the church in, in uh, Virginia beach, Dominion Christian center, I'd have people like call. Yeah, and, Rose, it's called Ember. Somebody oh, yeah. could be a good Christmas gift. Hint, hint. We've had those. No. You got one of those already. No. You returned it. I don't. The you travel mug. It. Yeah, you returned it. The travel mug. That's what you returned. Nobody's talking about a travel mug. We're okay. talking about like what Tiffany has. Yep. <laughs> don't be taking away my presence when I mention something. Taking Who it away. are you? I thought you the were giving stealer? me. We're talking th- about giving. I thought you were giving me the hint, hint. No. Because I want you to know, folks, 
He doesn't I have obviously bought take her hints well. An ember mug before, and it got returned to Best Buy. It was the first generation. Right, on, Battery was go, bad. Go. She didn't like it. Go. Let's move forward. Anyway, um, this, this is a train Always wreck. Always about this, dead. This whole broadcast is a train wreck. Um, Should be Family Friday. Family Friday. We want to give you five because when I was when I was <laughs> when I was there, I would have all kinds of people. They'd call, and they would say, "You know, I'm one of those. You know, I, I I'm I've been tithing, Pastor Ted. I've been giving, and I don't know why. I feel like it's not working. Right? It doesn't work. Or they, if they were really, you know, one of those people, it doesn't work. You know, I've been tithing, I've been giving, and I've not been seeing, you know, the increase. And so, that's why today we wanted to give you five reasons that tithing Christian or tithing and giving Christians remain poor. Why? If tithing and giving works, then why are there Christians who tithe and give and still remain poor? And they're still in debt. They're still, and we're going to deal with that five, five areas uh, in scripture that will keep you in a place of lack and poverty. Even though you're a tither, even though you're a giver, so important that you understand this because people think it's just like this automatic uh, um, inroads to like overflow. Like there's nothing else you got to do, nothing else that's going to happen. You know, you just start tithing, you start giving, and then you're just going to walk in the overflow. Doesn't work like that. This is the time where using wisdom, the phrase that everyone likes to use, comes into play. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just. It doesn't just explode like people act like it does because I mean, that would be that, that. I mean, that's ridiculous. God doesn't operate like that. And, and you can't ever, here's, here's something that I want you to put in the comments. Those that are watching, you can never remove responsibility from any equation. You can never remove responsibility from any equation. And I've had people ask me that, well, if tithing really works, if giving really works, how come there's Christians that are poor that give and that tithe, that they tithe and they give, and they're not walking in the overflow. They're not walking in abundance. I'm going to tell you why today. Five reasons why from the Bible, because it matters what you do when your harvest comes back to you. Absolutely. That's what we're going to go through is because these people are getting a harvest. Absolutely. You can't not give and not get a harvest back. That's right. Because it's a cycle that is biblically and it and it happens automatically when you sow money it's gonna you know the the seed time and harvest process here has to work it's the key is when you get your harvest what are you then doing with your harvest right that's exactly right it's it's as the bible says as long as the earth remains seed time and harvest will not cease it doesn't stop and the bible says this and this is a strong statement don't be deceived God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap. So God's not mocked in that area of sowing and reaping. You will reap a harvest for what you sow. However, as Carolyn said, it matters how you conduct yourself with your harvests. And that's why we want to, we want to give you these because I want to see you in perfect position in 2021 to run with momentum and to not be hindered by any thing in this upcoming year. And so we're going to quickly give you these five. I think four of them are from Proverbs actually. Yeah. Four of them are from Proverbs, uh, and one from the gospel of Luke that we're going to deal with. But, uh, those of you that are, uh, 
in the comments, do this with me and pop these in one through five. The first one that we want to deal with, uh, hey Cameron, the first one we want to definitely deal with is this. They tithe, they give, but they don't fight against debt. That's number one. And I want you to put it in the comments. Number one, they don't fight against debt. You have to do that. You know, I'm so thankful for a father who growing up taught me the importance of being debt free. My father uh, understood the danger of debt, understood it and did everything in his power to as quickly as possible get out of debt and stay out of debt. Uh, Not only is he uh, debt free and was since I was with him, but ministry debt free. I thank God this ministry is debt free. And you know why? Is because we understand it's a scriptural principle that debt is a killer. If you listen to any um, uh, financial planners worth their salt, even Christian ones like Dave Ramsey, they will tell you that the number one thing that fights against you building wealth in your life is being in debt. No question about it. Being in debt. And the number one reason, you know this as well as I do, how many people came in to talk to me when I was uh, at the church and all that and you know all this, they wouldn't fight against debt. You have to fight against it like it's an enemy. You fight it like it's an enemy. Um, the Bible says this. I'm going to read you Proverbs 22, 7. The Bible says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. So do you see that? Debt turns you into a slave. And you have to fight against it harder nowadays because of how <laughs> easy, accessible it is to get in debt. Oh, when yeah. I was talking to your Nana uh, when we were just uh, visiting up in West Virginia. She was talking to me about some stuff and uh, her in-laws and how she was going to have uh, your, grandfa- your grandfather take her out to get a coat. But then she mentioned something to me that's making me think now. She's like... You know, there were no credit cards then. She was like, you had the cash to go shopping or you didn't have it. So back then it was, you know, you had that mindset where you're, you, were, you only had two choices. Now, in this day and age, we need more self-control because you've got a million choices yeah. to get money all different avenue if you don't have cash coming in. Right. And so fighting against it, you do have to work harder for things that matter to you and to have, you know, the peace of God stay in your home and get that heavy burden off of your shoulder. Yeah. It's worth a fight. It is worth a fight because when you understand what debt does to you, it's a, it's such a destructive force. You know, it's such a destructive force. And here's what happens. That's right. Yeah. I I told yeah, I've been teaching that as well. One of the things we must understand is that, um, in this day and age, we're being marketed to like never before. I mean, you can't even go on your phone. You can't even go on your Instagram account. They know every website you've visited. They know every product you've ever looked at. They even know the, th- the products you're talking about. And as you're scrolling, you're just getting one ad after another of not just random ads, things they know you like. Things they, And then what do they do? They don't just... Uh, 
show you things that they know you like, they make it extremely easy for you to order them to get them. Add to cart, proceed to checkout. I wish we could pop that picture up of a recent purchase that so nicely trapped Ted. Let's move forward. And so there was, there's, there's always, and then on top of that, we live in a, uh, a society where everybody feels like that they have to show the people around them that they buy that same level of uh, product so that they feel accepted in the circles they run in. Right. They, they want to impress people. Oh, I have that too. Oh, I drive that kind of car. I live in that kind of home. I have those kind of clothes. Having peace is so much better than right. trying to keep up with the Joneses. No question. I mean, it, it's too hard because the thing is you're never going to fully keep up with them. Nope. There's always going to be something that you're straggling behind mm-hmm. to try to... You know, if if you're not at the level of who you're trying to, like, fit in with, yep. you are going to, <laughs> it, it's going to be a rough time because peace, at the end of the day, is so much better, like, having a car paid off. Yes. That's not, you know, the highest end model of whatever you're trying to keep up with. At the end cares? of the day, you're going to bed with peace and and that that burden lifted off of you than trying to keep up with the Joneses because you're always going to be one step behind no matter right. what. And your debt's going to keep adding up. Exactly right. You know, it's like, for, let me just take the de- play devil's advocate here and go to the other side of this uh, story or this equation. You, if you, and, and listen, you're listening. And we just put out the Divine Prosperity Course. You're looking at two people who believe in godly prosperity more than any, probably anyone you know. Like I believe and teach prosperity and overflow and abundance, financial prosperity. I'm not even ashamed to say the word like some preachers are. They'll, t- they'll use other words to say the same thing. I'll say prosperity because I don't care. I don't care if somebody jumps in my comment section and says, here's a prosperity preacher. Yes, I am not ashamed of it. Uh, I believe in it more than probably anyone you know in your life, any preacher, any pastor, I believe in it more and could probably back it up strong in a stronger way from the Bible. But just because you believe in prosperity doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're stupid. You know, it's like, it's like with cars. There's people that'll say like, well, if you truly understood abundance and prosperity, you go out and buy that brand new car. Like, yeah, I could, but like, you know, anybody that has any financial brain understands a brand new car is one of the worst things you could ever buy. It's one of the worst depreciating assets you could ever buy. It's really a liability. It's, it's stupid. So just because you believe in prosperity doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you do stupid things to prove a prosperity point. You don't, you don't have to do that. And so, uh, you know, the, did you know, I'm sure you maybe you don't know this. Maybe you do is the, the average 98% of millionaires in this country, and this country, by the way, has the highest concentration of millionaires of any nation in the world, this nation. And do you not know 98% of millionaires always buy a car that's two years old or older? You know why? They're smart enough to know, which is why they became millionaires, that you don't buy things that are going to make you lose a ton of money. It doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. Um, as like pastor Bill Motley said, sow your way out of debt. 
And, and I want to deal with that and come back to me and Carolyn, if you would, because there was a time we were in debt like that. And one of the things I, I love that Pastor Motley said that because one of the things we always tell people to do, don't stop tithing and don't stop giving because you're in the getting out of debt part of your life. That is one of the dumbest things that anyone could ever do is to say, well, the Lord will understand. I'm just going to pause my tithing. I'm going to pause my giving while I'm getting out of debt. Don't do it because he is the provider. He is the one who blesses you and brings the increase that you need. We were in a place earlier on in our marriage where we were in so much debt and you know, we never, not only did we never stop our tithing, we never paused sowing large seeds. We oh, sowed yeah. largely. It doesn't matter what our years look like in the past. Um, every year we've given more. Mm -hmm. And we didn't stop doing that because we were in a place of debt back then. We said, you know what? We're going to still honor God. We're still going to tithe. We're still going to sow largely. And in less than 18 months, God brought us out of that debt. And so I'm just telling you, as Pastor Motley said, you can sow your way out of debt. But here's what people do is that they don't ever fight against debt. They don't look at it like, a, you know what they, they do? They have that mindset. Well, you're always going to have debt in your life. People think like that. Raise a hand in the comments if you've heard people say things like that or believe that. Well, you're always going to have, huh? I'm not the belief person. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. raising my hand because I've heard people say it. Yeah, yeah. You said say it or believe it. I'm just clarifying that I'm not the believer. Right. Oh, you're always <laughs> going to have debt in your life. Who says? Who says you're going to always have debt in your life? A person that has debt. Well, exactly. Why, why would anyone say that? As if it's impossible to be a debt-free person. As if that's impossible. That's not impossible. It's not impossible at all. It's very possible and it's probable for those that will do it. Well, you're always going to have debt, so you might as well, you know, no, you're not always going to have debt. You're not, the only reason that you would always have debt is because you operated outside of wisdom and operated in pride. Pride says, I have to keep up with the Joneses and no wisdom says, and things we're teaching you today, that you don't fight against debt because it's an evil thing. The borrower is a slave. It turns you into a slave. I mean, think about it. I call it, we, and we've dealt with this before, I call it the uh, Renaissance mentality. Mm. You know, at the, at the most extreme, because people cannot use patience to save it's, for what they it, want. It's such an instant gratification society now. Absolutely it is. It's like, see it, gotta have it now. Right now. Like, there's no patience in, in waiting. Yeah. Like my toaster. Exactly. <laughs> Well, and people won't save. Because it's true. It's you know. like, you don't need it right this second. You're no. okay. It's all right. Well, even if you buy, so there's people that wait and then they'll put it on credit. But the thing is this, is that like people aren't willing to take that patient route, that self-controlled route to save, to pay cash for that thing. And so you know what happens with Renaissance mentality is that you want to go get your kid an Xbox 360, or that was the old one, the Xbox One. Now they got the Xbox Series X. You want to go get yourself an Xbox One or an Xbox One S. And you say, well, you know what? They're, they're $400 brand new, but I can get one at the Rent-A-Center and only have to pay, you know, $17 a month. Yeah. And by the time you're done paying for that thing, instead of paying $400 cash for that, you just paid them like $700 because you did it Rent-A-Center style. And it's, I'm telling you, th th this is like where people are. 
And, and they don't and especially control. Especially as I get older, you realize like stuff is stuff. Right. At the end of the day, it's stuff. Right. Would I rather have peace or, you know, the greatest looking couch right now? It's like stuff is stuff. It doesn't right. mean you're not going to get it. That's the problem. People talk themselves out of it, yep. ever having it. You don't talk yourself out of ever having yeah, it. Yeah, you don't say you can't have you it. You just don't have to have it in that moment by using wisdom. Yep. Doesn't mean you're never going to have it. That's where people go to the extreme. Yep. It's like getting in severe debt or I'm never going to have it. That's right. You can have the middle. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to have everything, including stuff. That's, That's right. what Matthew 6 is talking about at the end. Seek the kingdom, and you're going to have stuff, tangible things you can touch. Yep. Not just, oh, glory, buy and buy my mansions in heaven, and my Mercedes is up there too. No, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. He wants you to have things on earth. But no you question. also don't have to have it right then and there. Looks what? like I took that picture today for that ad, because oh, I'm wearing yeah. that suit in the ad for that same <laughs> ad. It's like... Mirror of Ted. <laughs> um, it's true. But think, think about this. When the Bible says that the, the borrower is a slave to the lender, you know what ends up happening is people, it's, it's, I wish Nick Greenwald was on today. Maybe if he was, he could give us the stats on it. The, the average person, probably over 70% of people in America are overextended just in credit card debt. You know what, you know what that, you know what happens there? is that now I am running, I'm, I'm strapped on every side. I heard a guy say it this way. There's Pastor Terry Drost. I love you so much. Love um, you, Terry. That, that's Terry a man of Ted. wisdom right there. Oh, yeah. I love Pastor Terry and Becky. A lot of wisdom. I got to be able to speak to him yesterday for a good period of time and, and uh, just gleaning wisdom from a man that's doing it, you know, a man that's doing it. But understanding that, you know, there's people that totally strap themselves and then what happens? You're, you're totally strung out on every area financially and it's, a, it's bleeding into every area of your life. Yeah. Bleeds into your marriage relationship because you're fighting over money. Bleeds into your health because now you're sick over money. You're depressed. You're anxious. It's affects, the stress is affecting your body. All these things are happening because people didn't have patience, number one, self-control, and then they operated in pride, right? Because of the fact they have to look like everybody else. And that brings us to number two, the second reason that tithing giving Christians remain poor, that not just that they don't fight against debt, they spend foolishly. You know what the Bible says in Proverbs 21, 20? The wise have wealth and luxury, but fools spend whatever they get. Fools spend whatever they get. You know, I always make fun of this because it's like, you know, when tax season comes around, like tax return time, because the fools always show up in all new clothes, all new shoes, all new sunglasses, all new watches and rings, you know, because they got, oh, somebody got their tax return. It's a, it's foolishness. They spend full, they spend all they have. They spend all they have. You know, it's one of the reasons, you know, there's, there's people that act like using wisdom in financial planning uh, is like a, either a lack of faith or a lack of understanding the revelation of prosperity. That's as dumb as you can get. Yeah. If you believe that way, that's as dumb as you can get. I've, so if you were in the overflow, you wouldn't have to think about that. You don't just step into the overflow accidentally. Because I've seen so many people who, you know, 
take, they hear the message of prosperity and they get it in their spirit and they get a revelation of it and then they sow. And then, you know, they have never had what's coming back to them before. Right. And then they get a harvest and then that's what happens. They end up spending it foolishly and then they're stuck in a predicament again. And then it's, oh, well, I can't give or I can barely tithe. And it's like, wait, <clears throat> he gave you something. So where is it again where it says um, with a little bit and then he'll give you more? I don't know. I don't read the Bible. Okay. Stop. You know where it is. Matthew, Maddie calls Matthew, you the walking Bible. Matthew the 25. House. Yeah. And in so, the parable of the parable of the talents. And, and so you've been he, faithful over little. And, and so here comes the harvest back. Now, what are you going to do with it? What you here's your opportunity to use wisdom. And what are you going to do with it? Because right. I've seen so many people, they get that one big harvest back. Yep. And then all of a sudden, like you said, it's I'm getting this, I'm getting, I'm going shopping for yep. stuff that's fading away. Fools spend You're all that never, they have. It, it's stuff. Like I said, as I get older, it's stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the best things you could ever pray that, that God would ever do for you in this financial area is pray and ask the Lord, God, take away my love for things or take away my, uh, me being... Touch me so that I'm not enamored with things. Like things are going to make who you are. Right. People think things are going to make who you are. Whether you have, you know, this type of sunglass on or another brand of sunglasses. Right. On, it makes you. Be are just you as happy. Are you wearing Prada? Are you wearing Ray-Ban? Right. Who are you? It's like, yeah. what? Take you away, the sun God. out of my eyes or what? Ask the Lord <laughs> to take that away from you. That feeling of being enamored with things. Because one thing you'll find is that if you stop caring about things, God can bless you with anything. Yeah. Here, it, because, I have things. I right. have things that the Lord knows that I like. I have nice things, but things don't have me. Right. You're willing to uh, give them away at, at a drop of a hat. I have given stuff away. I give stuff away constantly. I bless other people. I buy new things for people. Things don't have me at all. I, if, 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 the stuff in my closet all had to go away and stuff, I'd be fine. Yep. I, I, it doesn't have me. But I had to get to that point. Mm -hmm. When I was young-minded and I was younger and trying to learn this revelation about it, I mean, I think we've all been in this predicament yeah. where things have you and you feel like that's what makes you and, and you have to. But once you truly get the revelation of, you know, this... <laughs> Dad. That's it, brightly. The, yeah. the wisdom of it, then you realize stuff doesn't have you anymore. That's exactly right. And it's funny, when you realize stuff doesn't have you anymore, that's when I end up getting more stuff. That's exactly right. <laughs> uh, Brandon said, Dr. Rodney taught him, when everything means nothing, then the Lord can give you everything. Because he knows that if he spoke to you to sow it, you'd sow it. He knows that you'd give it away if he told you to give away. It's you have things, but they don't have you. And the thing is, the Bible says very clearly that fools spend all that they have. They spend all that they have. Fight against debt with everything you've got. Get out as soon as you can get out. Throw everything you have against it and get out of it. And then don't be foolish with your spend. Don't spend all that you have. You know what that means? There should be something in reserve. There should be something in reserve. And here's what people say. And I want you to hear me very carefully when I say this. Hear me very carefully. People say, well, I, ca I can't, I can't uh, keep anything in reserve. I can't save any money because literally everything that I have that comes in 
has to go out just to pay my bills. You know what that means? That you're living beyond your means. That you're living at a place that you can't afford to live. If everything that comes in for you has to go out the door to, just to pay your bills, you are living beyond your means. And it means that you need to downsize in order to allow biblical principles. See, people say like, that doesn't sound like faith, downsize in order. But the thing is, faith operates through wisdom. And if you've put yourself in a place that is not wisdom to where you can't even obey what the scripture says, the Bible does not say that you should have everything coming in, going out. It says that's a foolish way to live, but a wise person has stuff left over. And so if you're not living in a way where you can have some of what comes in be left over, then you're, you're living beyond where you should be living. And if you're going to build wealth the, Bible, the way the Bible teaches that you build wealth, you're going to have to use wisdom in the way that you're doing it. it. All it means is that you're in a place where you're either trying to, by pride, keep up with somebody else, or by a lack of patience, lack of self-control, to quickly acquire what, you, what you're not ready to acquire yet. And so that's the key is that you may have to make some adjustments, make some changes so that you can build wealth the Bible way. Amen. There's things I don't buy right now because I'm not, our ministry is not at the place to do that. And I could, I could make those same arguments that those people make. Well, I believe I got a provider. I believe in prosperity. God's going to bring it in. I'm going out tomorrow. I'm a faith preacher. I'm going out tomorrow and I'm going to lease and buy a jet. You know, I could lease or buy a jet. Like, what's the point of that? What's the point of that? First of all, I don't need it right now. Second of all, uh, we're not at that place to go buy a jet. And even if I financed one and could get a bank that would do that, uh, we're not in the position to pay for a $42 million jet. Doesn't mean I won't be one day. I'm just not there at this moment. And so does that mean that I'm in a place where I don't believe in prosperity, that I don't believe walk in abundance? No, it doesn't mean that. It means I've got a brain in my head. I've got wisdom from the Lord that I understand you don't go do something and step outside of your realm of faith to do something because of comparison. Here's the danger. The Bible says, comparing yourselves among yourselves, you are unwise. You're unwise. Do you know what truly what biblical prosperity is? It's having far more than enough to not only meet your needs, but to carry out your purpose with plenty left over. That's what true biblical prosperity is. It's more than enough to meet your needs, accomplish all of your purpose with far more than enough left over. That's abundance. That's prosperity. And so I, I made this analogy in the prosperity course that we just released to Miracle Word University. Let's say when Dr. Reinhard Bonnke was still alive and did a crusade where 1.7 million people are in attendance on a field. It may cost him, let's say it costs him, uh, you know, 2 million U.S. dollars to do that crusade, or let's say, you know, just for the sake of math, let's say 1 million. And then I come and do a crusade here that the Lord opened the doors for me to do, uh, that in the States, it's at a smaller scale, but it's going to cost me $100,000 to do the crusade. Well, if we're both doing what the Lord has called us to do at our different levels of ministry and faith, 
and he's believing for a million dollars to come in, and I'm believing for a hundred thousand dollars to come in. If he has 1.3 million come in for his 1 million budget, and I've got 130,000 to come in, we're both operating in abundance. Because understand something, we're both doing the thing the Lord called us to do at the level he called us to do it currently, and we both had the faith for far more than enough to come in, not just to meet the needs, but to accomplish the purpose and have much more left over after it's done. So you see what I mean? And you can't, I can't compare myself to somebody else and say, well, I guess I'm not in abundance and prosperity because I didn't have 1.3 million come in and he did. Yeah, but look at his purpose. His purpose is at a higher level. And so people make uh, foolish spending decisions because they compare themselves with somebody else. They compare themselves with somebody else. I got to have a car like he does. I got to have a house like he does. I got to have that. And they, they freak out. And they go do things that put them into a place where they suffer want, suffer lack. They tithe, they give, they're still poor. And that's, that's the second reason why. The third reason, I'm going to have Carolyn read this to you. Um, the third reason that tithing, giving Christians remain poor is they don't have a plan. They've got no plan. They've got no budget. They don't know what in the world is happening with their money. They don't know. No budget. Uh, I like the way, I do like the way actually that um, Dave Ramsey says this. He says, if you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. (laughs) And I do agree with that. If you don't tell your money where to go, you'll wonder where it went. And so you've, and that's not, so well, you don't, you don't, you know, people that are truly walking in overflow and abundance, they don't need a budget. Oh, really? They don't. It's not scriptural to have a plan. It's not scriptural to count the cost. Uh, but don't, this is Luke 14, starting with 28. I'm going to end with 30. But don't begin until you count the cost for who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there was enough money to finish it. Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's a person who started the building and couldn't afford to finish it. Exactly. And why couldn't they afford to finish it? Because the Bible says why they did not sit down and count the cost. That's a scriptural principle. They didn't sit down and count the cost. You don't have a plan. If you, if you don't have a vision, people perish. Where there's no vision, people perish. Write the vision. Make it plain upon tablets. Did you see me turn to that earlier? No. Oh, I just had it up before you did? Luke, but then you made me Girl, go to Luke. you're in the Holy Ghost. Um, she's going to read that too because it was oh, up in her I? spirit. Yeah, why not? Sure. Um, but that's the Bible says where there's no vision, people perish. <laughs> and then Habakkuk 2. Where there is no vision, people perish. I know where it is. But then also, write the vision. Write the vision down. Make it plain upon tablets that they may run that read it. What are we planning to do in 2021? Run. What do you got to do to be able to run? Write the vision. If you don't know where you're going, you can't just run towards anything and say, this is the vision. It's got to be specific. It's got to be specific. 
Um, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. It will not be delayed. Write the vision, make it plain that they may run who read it. You've got to have a plain plan, a plain plan. It's yeah. not hard to understand. It's not complex. You could look at it. You can sit down with your husband or wife. You can know what it is. And that plan will save you. I like the thing you say, but now I can't remember exactly where you end up anywhere. Oh, yeah. If you don't know yeah. where you're going, anywhere, it looks anywhere like. you arrive looks like it. And that's not good because there's provision in where you're supposed to be going on the right path for you. No question. So if you get to a place because you just decided to float along life, you're going to get there and you might be, you know, hurting and, and, and using your own energy and your own finances because it's not where God told you to do because you just floated around and thought, well, I don't have a plan. Anything sounds good. Maybe I'll start this business. Maybe I'll, you know, without seeking the Lord. And, and yes, you are to start a business, but you didn't start the right one because you went for the wrong reasons or you were attracted to this or, you know what I mean? And then what happens now? You're in debt because you started something you shouldn't have started. And so you've got to make that vision plain. He's given us um, a desire to increase in life and, and he's given us plans. He's given you God ideas for you to, to work out. And so that's the importance of making a plan. Start with hating debt, fight for that. Fight then, for it. Then you have your, um, what was number two? When you don't get your spend harvest, foolishly. Then I was going to ask your... a question there on, on that second part of don't spend foolishly. How many of you, and I want you to put it in the comments, just raise a hand. How many of you have heard the term and are doing it? How many of you pay yourself first? Oh, I would like to know that. When, when that paycheck comes back, when money comes in, how many of you pay yourself first? You know, there's a, a principle we've talked about, uh, which the, um, it could be called 80-20 or 80-10-10 principle, or some call it the 10-10-80 principle for a Christian. What, is, what does that mean, 10, 10, 80? They've split the finances up so that we already know 10% goes to the Lord. That's your tithe, without question. And then 10% goes to you. You pay yourself first into savings, something that you will not touch, and then have learned to live on 80% of whatever it is uh, that comes in for you. The 10, 10, 80 principle. How many of you pay yourself first? It's a way to ensure that there's always something left over, that there's always something being saved. And if you've never heard that before, uh, something that you might want to look at um, starting. If you've never started, it's never too late to start. Pay the Lord, pay yourself, and then pay the rest. Because you're investing in your family, you're investing in yourself, you're investing in your future, and it's a biblical principle to not spend all you have. Very, very important. Number four. Number four. They're lazy. Lazy. Tithing and giving Christians are poor because they're lazy. See, I, I, knew, I knew there would be some people that maybe had never heard that. He said, I've never heard that before, paying yourself. You pay yourself first. 
You make sure that your family's taken care of. You make sure, and it's something you don't touch. It's not something to go in and get, uh, you know, pizza with. It's not something to go in and get gas with. It's not something, it's something you put aside and you don't touch it. It's like it's gone. It's like it's gone. You take that 10%, you put it away. It's like it's gone. By the way, uh, for those that may be having some financial issues, a great book for anybody to get. And I, I recommend him because he's a Christian man uh, and uses the word of God often. But The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, if you've never read that book, two books that I would uh, heavily encourage you to read, uh, especially as parents, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey and Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. If you've never read those two books, you must read them fast, as quickly as possible. Get the audio books, listen while you're driving, listen while you're cleaning, cooking, working, whatever. Get that information into your spirit. Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki, Total Money Makeover, Dave Ramsey. And follow those steps. And it's, it's, it's not like it's this hard, complex financial plan. It's something that all it does take is discipline. That's it. Anybody can do it at any level of income, at any level, uh, whether, whether any place you live in the United States or around the world. It doesn't matter. You can do it. And God will use that wisdom to bless you. But don't be lazy. That's another good one. Everyday Millionaires, Chris Hogan, that's on the team with Dave Ramsey. Um, in Proverbs chapter six, where Carolyn's going to read in a moment, we talk about the fact that laziness, God hates laziness, but here's the other thing I I do too. Laziness will actually bring, uh, poverty into your life. It'll bring poverty into your life. And so I want you to think about this, that the Lord, by the inspiration of the Holy spirit, put these um, put these principles in the book of Proverbs inspired by the Holy ghost. So we could plainly see how much God hates laziness and what it'll do to a person. Uh, we're in Proverbs chapter six, verses six through 11, Proverbs six, six through 11. Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. Where are we going to six through 11? I'm sorry. I started. I started at 11. Sorry, going back. Rewind. Take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But, you lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest? Then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. You hear that? Laziness is an enemy that will destroy you. I ask people this, and of course, I know there's people that have children. You're spending time with your kids now, especially during this time. School's being done at home, a lot of stuff like that. But, you know, what if you put in uh, a couple of extra hours a day? You know, you work nine to five, let's say. But, like, you come home, you do whatever, you do homework with your kids, spend time with your kids, watch some shows with your kids, whatever. But they go to bed. What if you spent an hour or two more hours a night? That's 10 hours a week just on weekdays that you set up something that you do for yourself on the side as a way to make money, a business to make money. And you only put that money into savings. I mean, people, you know, it's funny that people are lazy. There's people who say, well, I just don't have any extra time. And they spend four hours a night watching Netflix. Like, what if you just took the time you had at night, an hour, two hours, 
to do something, that God would give you the wisdom and he'd give you the revelation to make money and to build wealth for your family because he wants you to be blessed. What if you took that time to do something that would bring in extra uh, income for your family and watch as God would use that to bring you into the overflow? And it's laziness. You know, people just don't want to do extra. It blows my mind how many Christians, and I, I consider this a lack of a spirit of excellence. Christians that do things below the bar, you know, below par. For example, these are the same people that show up to their job at 9, 10 and leave at 4:50. You know, they slack, they do just enough not to get fired. You know, what's funny is that everybody's like, well, I'd rather be an entrepreneur. I'd rather start my own business, work for myself. What they don't realize is entrepreneurs, instead of working 40 hours a week, they work probably close to like 60 to 80 hours a week. And they set the example for everyone below them. Right. So if you want to have anyone that's going to do anything for you, you know, don't be that person that's just making by. Exactly right. Not quality of a um, owner. <laughs> Laziness. It's a killer. It aggravates me. It's a killer, and it keeps Christians poor. Keeps them poor. Well, I tithe, I give, but you don't work. You don't work hard. I'm I'm blown away. I see people that are lazy. I'm thinking of one person right now that basically, let let me just say something. Basically, through the entire pandemic, took advantage of unemployment, even though they are well able to work, strong healthy body, no disabilities, no issues, got a car, can get to work, spent basically from like March all the way till like September, October, not working and just pulling unemployment uh, money. Let me, let me be very clear on this. That is wrong. That's wrong. It's wrong. That's not something, a, I'm not saying like he's been trying to find a job, couldn't get a job, and so he kept having to take unemployment. I'm talking about actively not working so that he could just take unemployment. That is wrong. It's wrong. No Christian should live like that. No Christian should ever live like that. It's lazy. It's wrong. And so... I'm just calling it out because I want you to understand this today. God's looking for diligent, hard workers. See, if you would read Nathan, if you would read that Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, book, it would explain that exact question. I'll give you a quick answer. He said, what's the difference between being wealthy and being married to your job, though? So the difference is, and, and, and they teach in that Rich Dad, Poor Dad book, If all you ever learn how to do is make money by working, then you'll always be on the the hamster wheel of I got to do more work so I can make more money. I got to do more work. If you don't use your mind and you don't use wisdom and create passive income for your life to where you have your money making you money, that's the key. You've got to get to the place, Nathan, where you're, there's, it doesn't happen automatically. There will be a time in your life where you have to work for money. You have to work to get your money. But if that's how you live for the rest of your life, you'll always be on the hamster wheel and you'll have to be married to your job in order to make more. You got to get your money making you money. And then what do you do when your money's invested in ways that are bringing in monthly income? 
For example, you have that coming in, you set your money up and you've done investments to where you've got cash flow coming back from those investments every month to where, you know, all it takes to be financially free, and they teach this in the book, all it takes to be financially free, discover what your, your monthly expenses are for your monthly budget to live. Let's say your monthly budget's $3,500, that pays all your bills, all your food, whatever, $3,500 you can live. And then you have to invest until you can get your passive income making you $3,500 a month. And then if you didn't want to work for a year, you didn't have to because your bills are all going to be automatically paid from passive income. You're what they call financially free. But if you don't do that, that's why I recommended those books to you guys. If you don't do that, then you will always be on the hamster wheel. You will always have to grind it out until you're 80 years old. That's why people, you see people that either buy some sort of, um, uh, maybe they had a tragedy happen, they lost money or they lost their retirement account or whatever it might be. And you see people that it's not that they like to work. It's just like they, their retirement money ran out and now they're 78 years old and they have to go work at Walmart at the door. Not because they wanted to and not because, you know, they just enjoy being around people. They were forced to because they didn't do what they needed to do to make their money, make money for them. Don't depend on social security. Don't depend on, 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 you know, you can't depend on that stuff. You have to do it. Uh, yeah, contentment, contentment with godliness is great gain. Yes, I totally, I totally agree with that. That's what I was teaching earlier. You don't have to keep up with the Joneses. You don't have, you don't have to do any of that. You don't have to, uh, wear the same shoes as everybody, drive the same car as everybody, live in the same house as everybody. You don't have to keep, you don't have to compare yourself to them. Peace is better. Financial freedom is better. Being able to sow largely into the kingdom is better. You see what I mean? And so, and that's exactly right, Peachy Keen. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Peachy said, I have two homes paid for. I'm working towards having rentals as passive income. It's exactly what I'm talking about. You do that, and then you're not on the treadmill of work every single day for the rest of your life. You make your money work for you. That's wisdom. Don't be lazy. You know, find a way... See, that when I said make a plan, make a plan to become financially free using that kind of wisdom and then throw yourself at it and be faithful. Whatever you've got to do to get there, get there. You know, you know what I'm saying? God will help you do it. He wants you to be finally. Don't, you don't think God wants you to be in a place where you could be a blessing to the kingdom? You could be a pillar of generosity in the kingdom of God. You could bless those that don't have. You could be uh, you know, blessed to be a blessing. Of course, but you got to be blessed first. That's the key. And so laziness has to go. Isn't that right? I mean, we can't, one, one of the things my wife, you know, she'll come home, I come home. I understand why certain people are where they are because they literally. I actually don't understand how they got the job. Right. They're far <laughs> below, but they, they do just enough not to get fired, but they should be fired. It's yep. like people don't even use, they don't even want to work to use their brain. I actually take it as a teaching point every time my kids are with me and we encounter people like that when we're out. I mean, Maddie already knows. She picked up on it at the airport not long ago when someone did something. And I make sure to point it out. I'm like, I always tell them, I said, you'll never be like that when you get a job. You'll never operate like that. No. You'll never be lazy. You'll never be incompetent. You'll never know, not know how to fix something. It's you will never be like that. I said, but it's majority of the places we go now, but I make a teaching point out of it every time. That's right. I don't let my kids watch that and then never say anything about it. So then they just think, oh, well, that's how people are when they work. 
every time people are doing that. I hate people make mistakes, but these are not just. No, these aren't mistakes. mistakes. These are people that are lazy, don't take anything seriously, just want a paycheck not so they can go out home. Of the box, they have an entitlement mentality. How many saw the meme or the picture online? Did throw your hand up in the comments if you saw that somebody ordered. Uh, I want a, a taco with sour cream on the side. Who saw that? And it was a picture of the taco, and they had stuck a ball of sour cream to the side of the taco. Did anybody else see that picture? And that, you think that's like, that probably actually happened somewhere because people are that foolish. I'm serious. That oh, probably yeah. wasn't a joke. That probably happened to somebody. Taco um, with sour let me cream tell on the you, side. Some of the dumbest people work at McDonald's, <laughs> they actually look to hire dumb people. I've had, I never get my order right. And one time I said, ketchup only. And let me tell you, <laughs> when my daughter opened the wrapping, it was a bun with ketchup. Where the heck did the hamburger go? I'd like a hamburger with ketchup only. Like, is this real <laughs> Just life? Ketchup. Is this real life? Ugh. This is the kind of stuff that I don't tolerate. I just don't. It's, it's unbelievable what the hiring process is. <laughs> it's like, do you blink? <laughs> You're hired. <laughs> yeah, Kelly said, and they want $15 an hour to give me a bun with ketchup on it. Don't be lazy. Don't let your children be lazy. Hear what I'm saying. Don't let your children be lazy. See? Oh, well, that's my daughter. <laughs> I was yeah. like, look, someone else is the same family. Let me give you number five, because this plays right into what we're talking about. What we just were mentioning, people See, that McDonald's remain poor, hires dumb people, lazy and dumb. People that remain poor that are tithing, giving Christians. Number five, they never think beyond their job. Never, they never think beyond their their hourly job, their career, whatever it might be. What I was just mentioning a moment ago, taking steps in order to make your money work for you. You know, it doesn't. You ever think about this? It doesn't mean. You have to work a second job. What if you just started a business with a great idea and it doesn't even have to be like, let me give you an example. It doesn't even have to be, I'll give you a perfect example. I live in South Florida where there are a lot of Spanish speaking people. Um, one of the biggest, I would say, let me, let me say it to you this way, three things and anybody else that's dealt with this, that you understand the frustration. Three things that, that frustrate people about when you have workers coming to your house. They might do great work at your house. They might be very good workers. But number one, you can never get a hold of them when they're not at your house. They don't answer your calls. They won't return your text messages. So they, they're great workers at their skill, but they're horrible administrators of their business. Or number two, uh, they are just, best way to say this, they're just morally, they don't, they're not, it's like what contractors deal with that, that general contractors, subcontractors show up drunk, they show up high, they don't show up at all, they have financial mm -hmm. problems, what, what all those things might be. So that might be number two. But number three is maybe, especially like in my area, uh, it might irritate the people that like, I can't communicate with the owner of this business because he doesn't really speak English um, and so I want to use him, does great work, but I don't know Spanish and he doesn't know English and I have an issue trying to communicate with him. Now imagine this, you already work a job nine to five, but what if you started a landscaping company? Doesn't mean you have to go do landscaping work. 
subcontract the actual work to guys that want to work and just be the one who runs the business. But you know what your greatest selling point would be to the people around you? You can always get a hold of me. I'll never be drunk, high, or not on the job. I'll always be coherent and be able to answer your, I'll answer your phone calls or text you back. And if I can't answer immediately, you'll, you'll hear from me within the next 15 minutes after you call. And then uh, I, I'm able to communicate with you. I'll, ad, I'll administrate this business well. You don't even have to do the grass cutting, the trimming of the hedges, the putting in of the mulch. You can subcontract that. All you have to do is just run the admin from behind a phone at your desk, take a text, take a call, and then send the contractors, the subcontractors out. And then literally, you're not doing the work. I'm just trying to give you an ex- a practical example of something you can do that's not causing you more work to go leave your house and go do it. I mean, you're texting people anyway. Why not text the people that are trying to hire you for a job? You know, all those things. And then now, you don't just work your nine to five, you own your own business on the side You see what I mean? And it's just constantly bringing in money. You're just paying a portion of it out to the subcontractors. And and then the fact that you have things that other people don't have goes through the roof. You see what I mean? And it's like, that's all I'm saying, is there are a hundred million ideas like that that would cause people to prosper. It's just that they don't want to think and they don't want any extra responsibility on their plate because they're lazy. Because they're lazy. Did somebody say something you were scrolling up to? Okay. Lyle they're, did. What did L- Lyle say? Lyle. Lyle, I'm not talking about um, handicapped people that are getting no. a job. No, These of course not. These are people who are legit lazy and dumb and have not even tried. Uh, you're not going to fault a handicapped person if they have an issue understanding something. No. He, he Thankfully, said, they have like, the ability to get the you job. You meant no disrespect, but... Carolyn. It was like, no, I mean, kids, kids are not taught nowadays how to budget, how to give, how to save, how to spend. They're not taught how to have a job. And so this is the generation that we're having. They'll give me a hamburger with ketchup only. And that person was not mentally challenged. No, they were a person that wasn't taught and is lazy and who is choosing not to (laughs) to learn anything. Exactly. So no, I I meant what I said. And I said what I meant. (laughs) It's true. Don't allow it. So let me just bounce these again before we pray for you. But number one, fight against debt with everything you've got. Get out. Get out as quickly as possible. Number two, don't spend foolishly. Don't spend all that you have. Don't spend because of comparison. Don't spend because of pride. Don't spend with no patience, no self-control. Pay cash for what you buy. And if you don't have the money to buy it and you can't pay cash, don't buy it. Don't buy it. It'll be there a year from now. It'll be there five years from now. You don't need it that bad that you you can't pay cash for it. Number three, have a plan. These are real, these are real reasons that tithing, giving Christians remain poor. They don't have a plan. Have a budget, have a plan. Don't be lazy. Like I'm still angry about that example I gave of the person that stayed on unemployment. I just, I don't understand it. Norman said, do you, give me that comment. Do you think, Ted, where I took a year to spend time praying to the Lord and do it, find out going there was wrong? He came here like uh, a wrecking I, I, ball. I have a will that trying to give up his will, seek first kingdom of God. Uh, I don't want to waste any more time with my will. Oh, now he's serious. 
I don't I don't know what you mean by that as far as you took a year like you took a year not working or took a year like not doing anything that is wrong yes if you were just taking a year to not do anything but seek the Lord yes that was wrong you know you have to work <laughs> if that was the question it, it's um, like it boggles my mind where people are I don't know that that's what he's saying, but no, if that is I'm not, what he's not saying, saying yes. him, but it brings me to other people that I've thought where, you know, you'll be like, well, why are you in this situation? Or what are you doing? And they're like, I'm just, I'm just, um, you know, faithful that God, I'm calling my money. Angels quickly bring back now yep. my money. So I'm doesn't work that like, way. It, it doesn't work that way. You have to work. You never stop doing something. The kingdom of God and what is taught in this Bible is about production. It's all about producing something. You better something. believe it is. Production, production, production. You can see that the master values production. And the way that you can see it is, number one, look at the parable of the talents. Who got rewarded? The two that were producing. They got rewarded. They actually, the one who was just maintaining, what he had was taken from him and it was given to the one who had 10 talents. God honors and rewards production. And then on the other side of that, look at what God does when there's a lack of production. As I showed you about that one man that didn't produce, but look at Jesus with the fig tree. Jesus said, no figs on you, not producing. I curse you. May you never produce fruit again from this day forward. There's a curse that comes on a lack of production. God's not looking for lazy people. God's looking. What did Jesus say to his, his disciples in John chapter nine and verse four? We must work the works of him who sent me while it is yet day. Put it in the comments. Everyone watching God rewards production. God rewards production. He wants you to produce not just anything. What he's called you to produce. Psalm 127 and verse one, what he's called you to produce. Uh, Megan, never feel like you're- You've done podcasts on that. Yes, like, like you're useless. First of all, first and foremost, your job is- um, Those being, kids. Being that wife that God's called you to be based biblically and raising those kids. That is your job. Now you can also do other things but that is first. So never feel like, you know, you're struggling with being stay at home and you're, you have no purpose and you're useless. That's not it. That is this, this, your kids and your duty as a wife is your number one priority. That's right. If your house is in order, if your husband is happy and there's peace and love and your children are doing well and they're raised right and they honor you and there's authority in the home, Feel so proud because right there you've done a hundred percent at your job. That right there is your paycheck. That feeling of love and peace and self-control in the house, that is your paycheck. Now, there will be times as your kids get different ages that you can start uh, loosening up time with what you did before. Because I've learned with every stage there's different. Newborns need different things than a four-year-old. Four-year-olds, uh, you know, my seven-year-old needs different things than my four-year-old. So the stages of life and the seasons will change for you. But learn to change with that. Yes. So as your time, op you know, I don't know how old your kids are, but as your time opens up, then you can allow certain things to go in. So just like with Ted and I, you know, there's lots of God ideas and we have a vision and we have things written out and we have goals each year that we're 
uh, looking forward to meeting. But he also knows that what I'm doing with the kids and homeschool and keeping the house and, and you know helping him is priority. And then I will let other things in that I can handle. And if something you know has got to let go, let go of not your family, let go of the other. Because there's gonna be time. I always tell him, I said, you know, I'll always be doing something. So when right. I'm 38, my life's going to look different Listen, than when I'm 50. My wife, I've never seen. She works like insanely. No, no, that's, I'm telling you, like, because it's still to this day, and we've been married 15 years, but she works like Tiffany can, <laughs> doesn't she? She's like no, always me up working. I to take her to the airport. <laughs> no, let me tell you something. This, this girl is a worker. I mean like a worker. When you see nonstop mom, that's not just like a branding thing she came up with. We, we, we developed that because it's actually what she is. Like she, I don't think from the moment you get up at like whatever time early in the morning, I don't even know if you sit down throughout the day until like midnight when you're done. Like seriously, she, she, she just goes and goes and goes. And I appreciate it. I mean, you work you work very hard. But I had to I had to get. It's that a great example to at, our daughters. At the beginning, you do feel like that because I went from the working world. I was a real estate paralegal, and I ran a office for attorneys, and I did closings. And you go from sitting at the table, you know, where people are signing mortgages and big deal money transfers, to how's that laundry coming, and you know is that cleaned, you know, it's definitely a mindset. But then when you get that understanding that what you're doing has now switched to being the most important job, do that with the best of your ability yeah. and you'll have time for the other. You'll have time for the other. You'll have time to bring in extra avenues of money. You'll have time to start, you know, maybe starting this side job, maybe starting this. Like I said, I don't know where, you know, how old your kids are and where you're at. But don't ever look at it as a struggle or it's useless or what am I doing or I'm not producing. I mean, you're producing. If you have kids that are smart and can give ketchup only with the meat on the bun, <laughs> you're producing. Okay? So you're producing. Yep. Produce kids that respect authority. Produce kids that love the Lord. You know, produce kids that are smart, produce kids that you teach them about giving, how you teach them to have multiple avenues of income. That's production in itself. Mm -hmm. So focus on that and the rest will come. Absolutely. And one of the things that I want to do right at the end of this, <laughs> one of the things I want to do at the end of this broadcast is I, I want to pray. My wife and I want to join our faith and pray for you because, um, as I said, not just running in the spirit realm, I want to see the testimonies roll in that uh, 2021 will be the, the most productive year you've ever had, even in your personal finance, even in the things that God's going to anoint you to do on the side. And so what I want to actually pray as I was, I felt the faith to do it, is that God would give you um, wisdom to begin to do some of those things that would bring you extra income the side businesses, whatever. There's gifts and talents in you. I mean, you have the Holy Ghost. He teaches you all things. Caitlin put a testimony up yesterday uh, when she came to see me minister in New York. I called her out, and this was probably, if Caitlin's still on, was it a little over a year ago now, like a year and a half? And uh, I called her out and gave her a word in the Holy Ghost that I saw her sitting at home and working uh, on her 
uh, computer and I was like doing stuff. I see you doing stuff on your laptop and on a computer and making money and all this stuff and didn't know what I was seeing. But then the Lord uh, opened the doors for her, anointed her, and now she's doing it. And right now she posted the testimony yesterday as we were talking about how to respond to a prophetic word a uh, year, year and a half ago. And, um, and now the exact word that God gave her has come to pass and she's making money and she's doing that exact thing from home on her laptop, making money uh, from the house. She's got the boys with her. And you know what I mean? God will do the same for you. There's an anointing on you. There's a, a, there are gifts and talents that God's placed on the inside of you. Because she posted that testimony yeah, the other day. Yeah, that's but, what I was saying. No, no, what I'm saying is like, but she wrote in it, I didn't see it for a year. Right. Yeah, she did, it didn't come to pass. It didn't come, you got to stand and receive. Right away, but she stood and received it. Yeah. She could have like, I mean, a year. That's a, that's a long well, time. Well, that's what we dealt with wait. yesterday too. How do you respond to a prophetic word like that? You don't take your eyes off of it. Right. Oh, I don't see anything. Keep looking. I don't see anything. Keep looking. But oh, I see a cloud. In what she received. Now she's there. And so she could have let that go, but yeah. she hung on to it with that bulldog tenacity. That's right. And I want to say that because coming up in this new year, I want to see God... I love Ted and Ashley Melton. I want to see God not only expand and increase the business you've already got, but also to give you these divine ideas from the Holy Ghost to expand your life, expand your family, expand your finances, and to bless you, to bring you out of debt, to bring you into the overflow, to bring you into wisdom to the point where you're building wealth for the kingdom of God. And so we want to pray for you. And Father, in Jesus' name, I pray. For every person that's watching right now or listening on the podcast, I pray, Lord, that before this year comes to an end, that those words would already start coming into their spirit. I pray in Jesus' name that you would open the eyes of our understanding. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in Jesus' mighty name. Give us ideas that nobody else has, things to do that nobody else is doing in our region. And I pray in Jesus' name that these doors of opportunity would open for your people and that 2021 would be the greatest uh, debt cancellation year, the greatest wealth building year that we've ever seen in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let this be a year of supernatural abundance for the people of God. We thank you for it. We give you praise. Our ears are open in the spirit. Our eyes are open. We will hear what you're saying. We will see what you're doing in the mighty name of Jesus. And you'll get all the honor. You'll get all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And if you believe that, somebody shout aloud, amen. Throw some fire in the comments section. Hannah said, this is one of my favorite broadcasts. Love you both. Love you too, Hannah. Congratulations again to you. We love you very much. Um, those of you watching, we're going to take the end, give you an opportunity to sow a seed. And uh, we know many of you are already standing with us monthly. We want to encourage those of you that aren't to jump in with us as we're getting ready to run into 2021 and uh, sow a seed. The information's on the screen. You can go to miracleword.com and sow a seed there. Set up something that God would speak to you monthly, whatever it is that you can do, whatever it is the Lord's asking you to do. And sow that seed by faith, expecting a return. All the avenues to give are on the website. If you'd like to mail a check, the address is at the bottom of every page on the website. And uh, you can do that as well. Those we that are sowing. Venmo, but that's not up there. Yeah, it, it's the same Venmo? cash tag as, as Cash App. MWGive. MWGive, yep. Venmo. So cash tag is dollar, or Cash App is dollar sign MWGive. Venmo is at MWGive. 
Oh, is that how that one works? Mm-hmm. I don't have that. Yep, yeah, it's it's that. and all that by the way too is right on the website in the top bar. You'll see those those uh, usernames and stuff if you'd like to use that. Um, for the month of December, two options for you on healing: Healing the Sick by T.L. Osborne or Christ the Healer by F.F. Bosworth. Both of those are available. Uh, all you've got to do is go to miracleword.com/offer and let us know how you gave and then. Give us your address so we can ship you the book. And then also my father has been so kind, he's allowing us to send um, this book that he released called 40 Years of Marriage and Ministry uh, that we put out a few years ago for his anniversary. Pictures from around the world, talks about his ministry, crusades, ministry with Brother Shambach, outdoors. Uh, It's been just what a ministry to to watch uh, impact the world through my whole life. And uh, he'll sign that to you and make it available. Three options that we're going to give you this month for those that are sewing. And of course, for those that are sewing largely, I love this. And we're making these available. And uh, I want to continue to because I love these. The Life Application Study Bible. I use this on a daily basis. I love the insight that it has. Um, make it one of my main uh, study references. I'll pop this open on my iPad, on my phone to see... Uh, the, the commentary on different aspects of the Word of God as I'm studying and writing. We're going to send you one of these in genuine leather just like this. New Living Translation. It'll be a great... What? Just rubbing your back. Oh. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Nonstop mom. Also massaging. <laughs> we love you guys. Thanks for hanging that with us. Jared. Touch. Thank you. Oh, she knows. She's, she's, now she's going into the five love languages. That's a broadcast for another time. Um, thanks for hanging with us. Keep your ear to the ground, to the railroad tracks, for the uh, pre-order of the fasting book. Because it's coming soon. Not yet, but very soon. Hannah said, by the way, my, one of my fave, I mean you guys are my fave, but this particular broadcast is fire, number one. Thank you, Hannah. Since Tiffany is the head of the store, she'd be the one that would have to it's add true. it. And, and she's, she's she it. is. So there's no way for anyone to pre-order it. It's true. <laughs> Until she. You know, if I try it, the Miracle Word Union will go on strike, and so I got to be very careful. You got to watch for the unions. We love you. Have a great weekend. Powerful weekend. Wonderful weekend. How about this Christmas background behind us? You want to go out singing a Christmas song? Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but the fire is so delightful. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> We're not giving you an ISO shot. We love you guys. <laughs> no, we are. We are. It's Merry Christmas. Have a good one. We'll see Bye. you later. Bye. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.